Bibles, I want you to stand tonight for the reading of God's Word. Amen. I'm going to preach tonight. That's between preaching and teaching. That's called preaching. That's right. That's a mixture of both. So I'm going to preach a little bit to you. Amen. We enjoyed being with you Sunday. And uh, expected Brother Carson back with things were not so he could be back with us. And so you folks have to endure me one more time until he gets here. And then it'll be rejoicing evermore. But tonight we're just going to have a good time anyhow. I'm going to teach you from the word of the Lord. I hope I can say something that will inspire you and get you to live for God. Amen. Now one thing about this gospel, God never did see how much money we had in our wallet or what the color of our skin was or what kind of house we lived in or what kind of car we drove. He wasn't concerned with that. What he is concerned is whether you will live for him or not. That's the thing that he's really, really concerned about. I want to go to the book of 3 John. I want to read one verse of Scripture. Amen. 3 John, and I want to read verse number 2. 3 John, reading verse number 2. I thank Brother Carson for the invitation to come tonight. It's always a privilege to be here. Amen. Part of a church that's moving on for the Lord. We went home Sunday night, had a tremendous service. The Lord blessed us. Had just a packed house. And uh, it was just no room to sit, no room hardly to stand, and hardly no room to even move around. If we'd had an emergency, I don't know what would have happened. Amen. But we appreciate how the Lord's moving in revival, and He's doing that. Third John, verse number 2. I want to read this, and I want you to listen very carefully to three points of this Scripture tonight. Where John the elder wrote this, he said, Beloved, I wish above all things, everybody say above all things, that thou mayest prosper. Everybody say prosper. Come on, say it better than that. Prosper. That thou mayest be in health. Everybody say be in health. Amen. How many likes health? Don't you love health? Amen. Even as thy soul prospereth. Everybody say thy soul prospereth. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to treat you a little bit tonight if I can on this scripture because about three or four years ago I was reading this verse of scripture and began to look into it. And it just simply jumped alive with truth and power and anointing and I don't know what all you can add to that. But there was something about this verse of Scripture that it really shook me up because I found out that there was ways that God wanted to bless me that I was not letting Him bless me. And you have heard this many times and I'll make the statement again. We as apostolic people are living so far beneath our privileges as children of God, we need to look and see what God's got in store for us. And I'm not fantasizing tonight. And God help me, I don't want to be one that goes out looking for something on a tangent somewhere. But I believe that God has in store for us blessings that we have never even tapped into the main supply. That if we only learn to listen to God, and do it in the order that God wants us to do it. We're going to go home with not just a pocket full of blessings, but we're going to go home with a basket full. I remember Brother Robert Eisen preached at our church a long time ago. Brother Eisen made this statement. He was down praying one night, and he asked the Lord, he said, Now, God, 
He said, I want you to bless me. He said he was serious. He wanted the blessings of God to touch his soul. And so he said, God, I want you to bless me. And he said, the Lord showed him a vision. He said, as he was praying, and he said he had never had a vision before, but all of a sudden there appeared before him a big wicker basket. And that basket was completely empty. There was absolutely nothing in it. And he got praying and he said, now God, what does this mean? I want you to bless me. I want you to just bless me. I need the touch of God. And the Lord spoke to him and said, you see that empty basket? And Brother Ison said, yes, sir. I see the empty basket. And the Lord said, you fill that basket with praise and then I'm going to bless you. Amen. So everything we get from God is absolutely conditional. Don't you ever think that God's going to drop something on you that you have not made some conditions in your life to come to the point that God wants to bless you. We sometimes talk about the grace of God and grace is unmerited favor. I know that. But if we're going to get anything from God, we're going to have to show a determined attitude to live for God. And we're going to have to let God know that we are worthy of the promises of the Lord. Was not Abraham a man who was tried by God's own hand to see if he was willing to stick before God poured out on him the blessings that he was supposed to pour out on him? And wasn't Job the righteous man? The Bible said that he was, he was a righteous man. Was he not smitten with balls from the crown of his head to the sole of his feet? And God tried to see and let the devil come in like a flood to see if he really was wanted the blessings of God in his life. And in the middle of all his hard trials, Job said, though God slay me, yet will I trust him. He said, naked I came into this world and naked I can go out. And so we find the beloved writer here, John, was saying to the faithful man of God, and he was saying unto Gaius, Gaius, I want to commend you for your work of God. And I will commend you that you have lived faithfully to God and that you wanted to do the right things and the blessings of God and you wanted to live in the realm of God's kingdom. But he said, here's one thing. And he said, I wish this above all things, Gaius, Amen. I wish this about my own life, and I wish it about my own things that I possess. And it's a desire in the heart of every man of God. And he was trying to let this man of God understand that he had something in good in his heart for him. And he said, I would above all things. He put his brother's blessings above anything that he had. He said, I would above all things that you would prosper. Amen. I want to teach a little bit tonight on prosperity. I think sometimes we need to shake our shoes out and tang our clothes on the, co uh, on the clothesline and get our mattresses out and air them out a little bit because it makes it come a whole lot better. You know, when you lay down and sleep on a fresh mattress or you put on a clean pair of britches or, you know, you sleep on a pillow that's been sunned, it makes it a whole lot better. And I think sometimes we need to just open our soul up to the Spirit of God and say, God, you examine me and let me know where I'm living in God. Because listen to me, friend, I believe if the book says it, we can have it. If God's Word declares it, you might as well mark it down. Amen. It belongs to us today. I don't care how many agnostics and atheists and hypocritical preachers stand behind pulpits and say you cannot have the blessings of God in your life, but I'm here to say tonight to this congregation that there are three ways that God intends to bless you. One thing, He intends to bless you on a natural basis. Another thing, He intends to bless you on a physical basis. And another 
thing, God wants to bless you on a spiritual basis. You see, God don't want you to run around weak and poor and sick and unhealthy and spiritually down and out. Amen. It's God's will that this church be on fire from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet. God wants us to prosper. God wants us to be faithful. God wants us to live holy. He wants us to know when we talk about miracles that we know what we're talking about. When we talk about healing that we know what we're talking about. When we talk about God's supply needs that we know what we're talking about. But there are so many people that really don't understand what it's all about. They come to church and they sing in the choir and they stand and testify in testimony service. But if you would closely examine their life according to God's word, they are living a pauper's life when they don't have to. They are living on a fringe. They're not living on the main stream of it all, but they're living just on the outskirts of God's blessings. I say it's about time tonight that we come out of the shadows and we move into the presence of God's holy word. God said, he said this through the man of God, he said, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper. The word of God plainly tells us in John the 15th chapter and verse number 7, he said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask whatsoever you will and it shall be done. Listen to me, friend. We have went around poverty stricken and broken poor and we feel like that's the way that God wants us. But I'm telling you here tonight, that's not what God wants you to have. God wants you to be on top of it. God wants you to be living just as good as a man down the street. You say, but oh, preacher, I'm a child of God. Amen. Even more so, friend. When you're a child of God, you're a king's kid. Have you ever seen a king's kid do without? Have you ever seen him walk around in rags? Have you ever seen him on the corner begging bread? No, sir. Amen. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask whatsoever you will, and it shall be done. Holy be to God. John said, I want you to prosper. Amen. This is an apostle of God, friend. He's talking to you. He said, I want you to prosper. Praise be to God. It's about time that we possess the best jobs, drive the best cars, live in the best homes, wear the best clothes. Listen to me. Second rate, I've never found it in God's book. Somebody said, but oh, Brother Willis, I've got to be poor because this is a gospel to the poor. Not only does it reach the poor, but it also reaches the rich. It also reaches the middle class. If you're one of those that feel like it's just for the poor, friend, you've got it all wrong. I was preaching several years ago for a preacher, and we went out knocking doors, inviting folks to revival. He took me to the slummiest, rundown section of that city, and we beat doors, 500 doors we beat just him and I in three days. I beat doors until my knuckles bled. I beat doors until I'd beat them till so much I couldn't hardly touch the door facings. And we got back and sat down and I said, brother, I'm gonna ask you a question. I said, why do we just go to the poorest section of town? And he said, brother, he said, because Jesus said this gospel is to the poor. I don't believe the Lord meant physically poor. Amen, everybody out there that don't know God's poor. I don't care, friend, if they drive a Cadillac and live in a $70,000 home. Amen. You can't be rich unless you got God in your soul. Listen to me, friend. I said, brother, let me tell you something. It's about time we not only get in the ghettos, but we need to get in the uptown section. We need to get on the doctor's boulevard. Amen. Because this is a message of prosperity. Oh, hallelujah. This is what God's got for the church. He said, I want you to prosper. 
prosper. The days of hanging our head and saying, oh, we can't, or we don't have, or we can't do. Amen, we just never, never make it. I like what the Lord said. He said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. That's Jesus Christ. But then I like the next part. He said, or his seed begging bread. We need to get off the soup lines and off the welfare tickets, and we need to get out and put God to the test. We need to let God supply our each and every need. Did you hear me? That's book. Praise God. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed. When you come to God, friend, you become the seed of the Lord. You're no longer the little urchin on the corner. You're no longer the man down here that barely gets by. You belong to God Almighty. And I'm telling you, friend, what the Bible said he'll do, he'll do it. The Bible said you receive not because you ask not. The thing about it is you'd rather get it free heartedly than pray it down. But I promise you if you'll get with God and learn what it is to pray and learn what it is to work and learn what it is to do, ye shall receive from the Lord. Woo. Praise God. And I want you to notice something. He said in Matthew 6 verse and 8, amen, he says in this passage of scripture, he knows your need before you ever ask. John said, I wish above all things that you would prosper. Amen. Everybody say prosper. Praise God. I tell our men at home, and I'm not teaching something here, but I don't teach at home. Hey Amen. You don't have to be satisfied with a nickel and dime job. You don't have to be satisfied with a car that the wheels wobble sideways on it when you go down the road. You don't have to be satisfied to live in a rundown shack. You don't have to be satisfied, my friend, to barely skimp by. If you learn to pray like the Bible said, and ask whatsoever you will, the Lord said, I'll give it unto you. Amen. He said, ask and it shall be given. He said, seek and ye shall find. And knock and it shall be opened unto you. Glory be to God. Sister Clark, I believe with all my heart we'd have a whole lot less trouble if folks would learn to pray and find out what it is to prosper in God. You see, we have got the idea that God will do it for the preacher and for the preacher's wife. When she walks in with a new dress, we feel like, aha, uh-huh, there they go again. Hallelujah, but I want to tell you something, friend. We have learned to walk by faith and not by sight. We have learned that Cummings is not our source. We have learned, my friend, that Delco Products is not our source. I've learned that the shoe factory is not my source. I've learned out that the ties of the saints is not my source. I've learned out that my source is God Almighty. And God never, oh, hallelujah. I'm telling you, God never fails. Now, do we believe the word of God or don't we? Do we believe it? Praise God. How many have ever been in need and asked the Lord? Have you ever been in need and asked the Lord? Let me see your hands. Praise God. Great. How many have ever been in need and not asked the Lord? You're living below your privilege. I'm telling you, folks, you're living below your privilege because everyone, the scripture said, that asketh, receiveth. I'm talking about the church now. Everyone that asketh, receiveth. Praise God. Now John said, I want you to prosper. He wouldn't have said that if he didn't believe it was true. There's a church in Fort Wayne, Indiana. I went there several years ago. 
That church was in just the most run-down, deplorable condition you had ever seen. The people in that church were poor, beggarly people. They didn't have cars. They walked to church. I went to visit their houses, and the houses we went to, Sister Carson, I would not sit on the furniture. The floors were nothing but earthen floors. You say in America, I'm telling you in Fort Wayne, Indiana, amen, in the northern part of the state, some of them were just old concrete, wasn't painted, amen. And then folks got in there and started living for God. And one day the preacher got the revelation that God wanted them to prosper. And he found out, the Bible said, if you give, it shall be given unto you. Good measure heaped up, pressed together, and shaken and running over. And so he said, all right, we're going to give our way into the blessings of God. And he began to build the faith of those saints of God that lived in those God-forsaken homes, it seemed like. And friend, did not have any cars. I went back not too long ago, and a friend of mine came and told me after that, he said, when I went up to that place the other day, they have a $1.5 million building paid for. They send about $25,000 a year to missionaries. There's not no car less than a 79 model sitting on the lot. Those people that had no houses now live in brand spanking new ones. You say, God won't do it. He won't do it for you because you won't try him. I'm telling you tonight, you need to try God. Woo! Hallelujah. And I'm not just fantasizing tonight. I'm not grabbing a hold of something that's not true. John said this is true. I would above all things. I wish. Did you ever wish? Hallelujah. I'm sure you have. You know, you go out and you, you look around at night and maybe you find an old horseshoe and, and you say, well, it's just superstition, you know. It don't mean anything. But lo and behold, there you go. And you wish. That's right. And you, it's superstition and and you spill some salt, but you watch how many, especially the older folks in this building, they'll take a pinch and... Amen. John said, I'm telling you, he said, I'm wishing above all things that you'd get out of the poverty bracket and prosper. Now that is just natural prosperity. Woo! If we even achieve natural prosperity... My, what kind of witness would we be? Amen. One day I had nothing, but today I've got everything. Amen. That's really true. Some of the folks in our church cannot understand how that I drive a car, a 79 model. It was given to me. It didn't cost me one dime. That car was given to me by a sinner man. He just said, do you want this car? And I said, man, I'd like to have it, but I don't think I can afford it. He said, I'm giving it to you. A sinner man give it to me. Amen. I've got two more cars sitting at home. Amen. And I've got a motorcycle in the basement. My boys have all got motorcycles. We've got nice furniture and a nice house. Amen. God's blessed us. You said, how? Do you make that much? No. I've learned what it is to prosper in God. I don't sit around and bemoan the fact that I don't make $500 a week or $400 or $300. I don't even make that. I don't even make $200 sometimes. Sister Carson, Brother Carson came down the other day, took care of our church while we were gone. She counted our ties and they were $78, I think they was, for that one week. How do you do it? I've learned how to prosper in God. You need to learn how to prosper in God. Amen. The Bible said that God would turn a curse into a blessing. Amen. Can God provide a table in the wilderness? Sure he can. He can put beefsteak on it. We don't have to settle for baloney. We can have the very best that God's got in the book. All we've got to do is learn to believe the word of God. Amen. Now listen to me. If you don't believe the prosperity part, you can make 500 bucks a week and God will blow on your money and you won't have nothing. The Bible said you'll put it in bags and it'll have holes in it. That's what the scripture says. Now, 
John said, I don't want you to live like that. But I want you to prosper. Glory be to God. Woo, I love to prosper. I love to prosper. I love to say, look what God give me. Amen. I was doing a little comparison the other day and I really got tickled. My brother came down and he was talking and he said, you know, brother, he said, I waste more money a year than you make. And I got thinking about what he said after he left and I thought he ain't got nothing. He don't. Don't have a house. Had to sell his motorcycle to pay his car payment. He don't have nothing. I mean nothing. Has one suit of clothes. And I thought, and he wastes more money a year than I make. And I said, ain't God good. Mm-mm-mm. Now John said, old gayest old buddy, old pal, old friend of mine, I want you to prosper. Whatever you do, above all things, amen, above everything, I want you to prosper. It's God's will that we prosper. Now you hear me. You girls going out here looking for some loco guy that's a macho dude, remember macho isn't macho. You remember that. You write that down. And you're looking for some dude and you think, man, oh man, he's got a fancy car. He drives, wears fancy clothes, but if he don't have God, he don't even know what prosperity is. There's people with hundreds of thousands of dollars that are blowing their brains out because they're not prospering. They're worried every day somebody will steal what they've got. Well, if somebody comes and stole everything I've got, I'd just keep right on going. I wouldn't cry about it. Seriously, I'm telling you the truth. Sister Carson, I couldn't burden myself down to think the temporal things of this world meant so much to me that I'd sit down and squall my eyes out and lose my victory because the things are gone. Because listen, the latter end of Job was a whole lot better than his beginning. But during all of that trouble that he had, the Bible said he'd neither charge God foolishly with his mouth. We got a builder. We'll grump and gripe and squawk and squall. We can't send our kids to Christian. Oh. We can't send our kids to Christian school. Because we can afford it. Okay, hell, I can't come out in here. Is it because we've not learned to prosper in God? Is it just because we have not learned that secret place? David said there's a secret place and it's under the shadow of the Almighty. He said, I'm going to dwell in that secret place. That's why the Apostle Paul said, in him I'm going to live and move and I'm going to have my very being. And Paul said, I can't pay my electric bill through. Oh, no, he didn't. He said, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. I walked into a business place today in Seymour. I'd never been there before. And so I stuck my head in the door and I said, anybody here? And I looked through the warehouse and I didn't see anybody. So I walked into the office and there stood this telephone man. And he said, ma'am, they're not going to send anybody out anymore to warn you when they're going to turn off the electric bill. And uh, said, uh, or turn off the telephone uh, line, but said, uh, from now on, if the check isn't there, they're going to shut it off. And I, I, So I just kind of walked out of the office and I felt like my nose didn't belong there. And so I thought, man, oh man. So when the lady come out, I said, how's business? She said, oh, great. That's wonderful. Better than it's been in a long time. 
And I thought, you can't even pay your electric, your telephone bill? Prosperity is more than just having an abundance of goods. You can't judge how much a man's prospering by the abundance of goods that he has in store. You can't do that. Everyone needs to learn to ask God. Let me tell you folks something. You don't have to mope and cry and boohoo and bawl around when you don't have anything. You need to learn to pray and get a hold of God and you'll have it. There was one thing I admired about my pastor, but it made me so stinking mad. And I'll tell you the truth. I got upset. Brother Glenn, I'd go ask him a question. I said, Brother Frum, I, I want to know about this. He said, have you prayed about it? And I said, well, yeah. He said, go pray some more. I'd walk out of there. What does he mean? Go pray. I need an answer. And I need it now. And I'd get down to pray. And I'd say, God, you know, that makes me so mad. But then I'd get serious. And the answer would come. And I found out if you ask, it's going to happen just like the Word of God says. Prosper. You don't have to envy the man that drives around in a new car like Brother Gator. Pulls a travel trailer all over the place. Escorts his wife to the local eating joints. You don't have to sit back and say, Boy, I wish I could do that. You just need to learn to pray and you'll be able to do that. That's the truth. With my hand up. It's the truth. You just need to learn what it is to talk to God. The Bible said, delight yourself in God and He'll give you the very desire of your heart. A lot of folks come to church, you can tell they're not delighted. They just come and light on a pew and that's it. And they sit there all service and they mope and they grope and they grunt and they groan. And they, I, thought of, I saw Brother Jack tonight and there he was. Boy, he sticks that time. Now don't, he gets with it. And I got so tickled, I said, now man, he don't care who's watching him. Amen. And I noticed that belt just kept inching. He grabbed him britches and he'd get it again, buddy. And I ain't picking on He just, he don't care. He's trying to get everything from God he can get. But some of us sit around so piously and cop our hands so little bit. No wonder we got a little bit. Amen. You hear me? We need to learn to delight our, did you ever see anybody that was delighted? Whoa, woo. I never seen anybody that's delighted like this. Stand up and praise the Lord. I thank God for being here tonight. I didn't think I was going to make it today. But I did. I want to praise Him for it. But tomorrow's coming. That's not delighting yourself in God. That's not delighting yourself in God. Amen. You watch a little kid when he gets an ice cream cone. Now, he delights in that ice cream cone. He goes, slurp, slop, slurp, drips. And he don't care who's looking at him. He gets over in that thing. Amen. He don't care if his tongue's that long or that long. It's going to be lolling all over that thing. He's delighting in that ice cream cone. When you delight in God, you don't care who's around. You're just going to get happy. <laughs> and you're going to be shouting and praising God. And you watch somebody like that. You never hear them complaining. God will supply their needs. They're going to have victory in their soul. They're going to drive the good cars. They're going to live in nice homes. Their needs are going to be supplied. Because God won't... Oh, hallelujah. God wants them to prosper. Hallelujah. Woo. 
might not be pretty, but she just gets with it. And while them pretty ones are standing around going, that old pie, that's true. That little old ugly girl don't look like nothing. The little old boy comes up to her and says, would you go out with me? And then pretty ones are standing there going. She's dorky. What are they seeing her? She just delighted herself in God. And God give her the very desire of her heart. Glory. Somebody say hallelujah. Now, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper. How many from this night on are going to try God and just see if you can prosper? Seriously, I'm telling you something. I get so aggravated. And if your car's got up one fender, one color, and one another color, don't please don't feel bad at me. But I get so tired in front of God's church where God's children are, where the children of the ever-loving God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob where his people come, and when they come in the drive, their exhaust pipes are going, <laughs> and they open the door, and it goes, Whoop. and they're standing there, and all of a sudden, the tire goes, <laughs> and you get in the car to go with them somewhere, and your feet are up in your face because there's so much garbage on the floor. You can't get your feet down. And I told him at home, I said, I'm telling you what, if you drive them junkers, park around back. Because my God's a prosperous God. He is. I'm telling you, he is. I thought of Brother Jim the other day, and I, I know he, he's not had much work lately. And you say, man, put a guy in a tight spot. Listen, if you've got God on your side, you don't get in tight spots if you know how to pray and delight yourself in God. Amen. God can supply everything. Amen. I never will forget I was preaching revival one time and this, and this preacher and his wife said they had absolutely nothing. I mean nothing. He said his wife went to the cupboard and Sister Carson probably heard this told. And she went to the cupboard and she got out the, uh, the, the plates and she got out the cups and she got out the, the utensils and they all sat down at the table. You see them kids? And I remember the preacher telling, he said, his wife said, honey, let's just pray. We're going to have some biscuits and gravy. So they bowed their head, and they no sooner raised their head than a knock come at the door. And the neighbor said, hey, he said, man, when I fix gravy this morning, I fix too much. I got a great big pan of it. Said, said, I thought maybe you and the kids could use it. And she said, well, thank you. I appreciate it. We'll, we'll, we'll just give God the glory for it. So another neighbor come across the backyard and beat on the back door and said, hey, said, that crazy daughter of mine, she made so many biscuits, we, don't, we can't eat all these. Said, would y'all like to have these biscuits? Why, sure, thank you. And sat down and ate biscuits and gravy. Now you're saying, I, I don't believe that. I don't believe I don't believe You ain't going to get me to believe that. You know why? Because you don't have any faith. You'd rather push your baby stroller around and have one broke wheel on it. Boom, boom, boom. No wonder your kid's neck twitches all the time. That's right. Some people are so desperate they eat more pampers. They, 
They don't know what it is to prosper. But he said, Beloved, I would above all things that you prosper. Now, is that too much to ask out of a church for them just to prosper? Is that too much to ask you young people just to prosper in God? Delight yourself in God and He'll give you the very desire of your heart. I'm telling you something. We need to remember that. But listen, it all goes back. And as I said when I started, the promises of God are conditional. God's not going to waste His blessings. That's why He said, don't cast your pearl, full swine. There's some people He ain't going to waste His blessings on. God's not going to give you a new car to rub your kids rub snot all over the seats. And excuse me for saying that, but it's true. You get in with your old greasy clothes and rub your old greasy britches all over the seat. Throw your pop bottles down on the floor. He's not going to give you a new home so you can kick holes in the walls. And, and he wants somebody that appreciates prosperity. Hello? Please don't hang up on me. This ain't long distance. Amen. No matter how long I talk, this whole seal the same. He's going to give folks blessings that know how to appreciate blessings. Let me go on. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. But the Lord delivereth him. Who's him? Now, how are you going to prove that? If somebody said, well, if that's talking about God, you show me where it's talking about Jesus. I want to see it. Read the next verse. And he keepeth all his bones prophetically. It's talking about Jesus Christ. Listen to what it says. Now, listen to this. That not one of them is broken. When Jesus Christ hung on the cross of Calvary, there was not one bone broke. The thief on the left had his legs broke. The thief on the right had his legs broke. But not one bone of his body. Why? Because he was righteous. Now listen to me. He was the righteous one. He had many afflictions. He told his disciples, said, in this world you're going to have tribulations. We know that. But he said, by these stripes, praise God, you are healed. We need to understand, friend, that our soul prosperity is an important thing. If we'll get out of the shadows of carnality and march to the spotlight of God's power and learn what it is to get under the burden and the load of the church and learn what it is to pray, and I don't mean just in the prayer room. I mean have a prayer life that'll last you. If you don't know what it is to push a plate back without somebody telling you, you'll never prosper in your soul. But when you make up your mind to live for God and you make up your mind you're going to go, you look out, friend. The Bible said the blessings of God would overtake you. When you live for God the way you're supposed to, you won't have to look for blessings. They'll overtake you. You'll get up in the morning and God will bless you with a blessing and you won't even, it'll just come and jump on your back. Oh! There's a blessing. That's right. That's right. A preacher friend of mine went and him and his family ate. They bowed their head to pray. When they got up and went to pay the bill, the lady at the, at the counter said, your bill's paid. He said, by who? I don't know anybody here. And she said, the manager paid your bill. 
He said, where is he? He said, well, he's in the back. He said, I want to talk to him. And he went back and talked to the man. And the man said, listen, sir, I don't know who you are. I don't know where you came from or where you live. But said, when you bowed your head and blessed your food in this restaurant, he said, I felt something touch my business. He said, I felt that was the least I could do for you. It's just the blessings of God overtaking him. When I was a young person in high school, I didn't worry about what anybody else said or anybody else done. I made my mind up I was going to live for God. My mother, my father, none of them live for God. But I'll tell you one thing right now. You can live for God if you want to. I might have been the oddball and the quack of the bunch. But I'll tell you one thing. This is one quack that's still quacking because God Almighty got on my side and I got on His. And I want to tell you, as long as I can move in the alcove of God's Spirit, and as long as I can stay under the shadow of the Almighty and keep my soul in line, I don't believe I have to worry in times of hardship. Amen. I don't believe. The Bible said you need to consider the sparrow. It neither toils. That old lily, it don't toil or spin. That sparrow, it don't get out here and, and sow grain, but God provides it grain. Amen. That lily don't toil or spin, but God brings the sun up and the rain down and it comes up and blossoms. Amen. The only thing is they stay right in the center of God's will. If we stayed in the center of God's will, I promise you, amen, that if we got sick, God would heal us. If we got broke, God would put it in our pocket. If we got down and out, God would lift us up. That's the book. Would you stand tonight? God bless you.